Hello, lords and ladies, and welcome to the Console Kingdom podcast. My name is Dan, and I am flying solo on this episode. So you may be wondering, if you are a regular listener, uh, where on earth have we been? It's been a little while since we've published an episode, and I do apologize for that. I wanted to let everybody out there know that we had two episodes that we had recorded, and unfortunately, we had technical issues, the audio did not come out good, and uh, sadly, we were unable to release those episodes. So we had two great episodes, a discussion about video games as art, and another conversation all about Saturday morning cartoons and video games, and that one was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, we're not able to publish those, so we're going to have to revisit those topics at a later date. Tonight, unfortunately, Jared is still working through some of those technical issues as well. Of course, there was some delay because Jared has also been facing some health issues, so of course he's taking time to address that. And uh, I just wanted to put something out for you guys so that we have something to keep the ball rolling in the meantime. So I don't really have a specific topic I wanted to discuss tonight. Instead, I'm going to do more of a general discussion. We're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the video game news lately, and uh, just a few things that I wanted to talk about a little bit myself. So what has been going on in the gaming news recently? Well, today this one broke that Square Enix has announced the discontinuation of uh, the First Soldier, the Final Fantasy VII First Soldier mobile game. Now, I only played that game for a very short period of time. Uh, I I say say a short period of time as in like several minutes, Uh, at which point my son grabbed the phone out of my hand. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, he asked, Dad, can I play? And of course, you know, I let him play. And, and he he actually really quite liked the gameplay. But um, it's a game that easily could have been just a single-player action game. It's very much a run-and-gun sort of a game. Great controls. It looked good. It was enjoyable to play. Unfortunately, it had all the online nonsense that mobile games have these days, all the gotcha stuff. And... uh I guess that there just wasn't enough interest. And that's a, sh- that's a shame, but uh, on the other hand, is it a shame? Because they've been kind of milking the cash cow of Final Fantasy VII for a while now. And I think, uh, I, have a little, I have some theories. I have some theories about why they might be doing that. Because they're really cashing in on like the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. And I think for sure Square Enix is most profitable IP is Final Fantasy, and to drill down into that, the most profitable Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy VII. So I think they're really trying to squeeze every penny out of this thing that they can, and I think there are some reasons for that. I think they know that their niche, or niche rather I should say, is shrinking, right? Because if we look back, uh, I mean we can look back to the NES days and the PlayStation days, And they were experiencing a tremendous amount of money. You know, they were making a lot of money. They were making a lot of great games. They were incredibly popular. Final Fantasy VII is is probably like the second or third best-selling game on the PlayStation. And uh, now it's not so much. You know, these games aren't quite as popular as they once were. And I think part of the reason for that is simply because the JRPG kind of subgenre has really been uh, in the shadow of the Western RPGs ever since, like, the PlayStation 3 Xbox era. Kind of when, um, rather, the Xbox 360 era, right? 
kind of when games like Mass Effect became popular, and of course a lot more people were interested in, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the game I was thinking of, but a lot more interested in like the Bioware type RPGs, Knights of the Old Republic, I know that was a really big one, uh, The Witcher, you know, all these Western IPs started to kind of eclipse the RPG market. Meanwhile, the uh, the Japanese RPG games were kind of becoming a lot more, I want to say homogenous, right? They're, they're a lot more the same these days. In fact, it was an observation I didn't make until I played Tales of Berseria, which is an excellent game, uh, that I realized that Final Fantasy VII Remake is very much a Tales game. It's a Tales game with a Final Fantasy VII skin on top of it. So it kind of makes you wonder... If that's what Square Enix is doing now, basically copying the Tales franchise, like what does that say about their own faith and confidence in their creative and the people who are designing games for Square Enix? Not much. But, you know, they bled off all of their Western development studios, which I thought was kind of a bizarre thing to do out of nowhere. My best guess is they just weren't making them enough money to justify continuing to spend money to keep them open. But I don't think they were really losing much money either. It's not like nobody liked Tomb Raider. There were three games and they all sold pretty well. Uh, a lot of other little studios there as well. So where, what I'm driving at with this is I think that for Square Enix, they're aware that their niche is shrinking. And um, I think they're trying to drill down into that niche as much as possible and make that money from the core audience that's going to spend a lot of money. What I'm talking about here is getting more value per customer rather than getting more customers. And that's a business strategy that many businesses have used over the years. The idea is if your audience is shrinking or it's not that large, you want to get as much money out of the audience that you have as possible. So Square Enix is scaling back their previous attempts to get a larger audience. And now they're ramping up the monetization of their existing IPs in order to make more money per customer. Now that's just speculation on my part, but I can tell you that if I were in their shoes right now, that's probably what I would want to do. I would say, I don't care so much about the gamer that's going to buy one game from us. I'm much more interested in the gamer that's going to buy everything we release because it has our logo on it. So we need to really streamline what IPs we're going to continue to produce and then I want to produce as much content for those IPs as possible, whether that's in the term of uh, mobile games, spin-offs, sequels, remakes, remasters, especially things that are cheaper to make. The Crisis Core remaster, cheap to make, right? So the cost is low and the profit margin is going to be high. But again, this is just my speculation, my opinion. You can get up on our social media, come see us on Twitter, Facebook, and, uh, and YouTube, and you can tell us yourself, you know, what do you think about Square Enix's uh, business at this point and what they're doing over there? Another interesting story that I read today, or at least I felt it was interesting, is that Brandon Sanderson has joined the creative team for a game called Moonbreaker, which is in development with Unknown Worlds, uh, the, the, uh, the creator of Subnautica. And it's kind of cool. It's a game where it's like a virtual miniature adventure, you know, like the miniature figures that you would use for tabletop games. And then you paint them in the game, like a, like a, a tabletop simulator kind of in a way. But then they go on adventures. 
and they're animated and things like that. Cool concept, but they didn't really have an original IP to put with it. They didn't have anything creatively. Brandon Sanderson is an author. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, he finished the Eye of the World, the Robert Jordan, long-running Robert Jordan series. He actually finished the last couple of books in that series. And then he also wrote the Mistborn series, which is tremendous. And one of my personal favorites, the Stormlight Archive. And if you are an RPG fan or a fan of fantasy, especially high fantasy, uh, this these books would make incredible video games. And I think that Brandon Sanderson, I really think he writes for film and video games. If you read some of his work, if you haven't read it, I, I strongly recommend go out and read The Way of Kings today. Fantastic read, but definitely reads like something that was created for movies, TV, video games. There are a lot of big action sequences. He goes really in-depth in describing the weapons and armor of the knights and stuff like that. Really incredible. So I think that's going to be something to look out for. It's kind of flying under the radar right now. And I think it's probably going to be, again, a niche title. I'm using that word again. But if you are into any of those things, whether it's tabletop games or high fantasy, this is going to be on your radar for absolutely sure. I'll probably check it out as well. Another story. This one is really freaky, really out there. Lab-grown brain cells have played Pong. So Dr. Brett Kagan, who works for a company called Coracle Labs, created cells, brain cells, that can react to external stimuli. This is pretty crazy. He has 800,000 uh, 800, brain cells that were grown from stem cells and some mouse embryos. And he connected it to electrodes that can tell it which side of the screen the Pong ball is on and how far away it is from the paddle. It took about five minutes for the brain to learn how to move the paddle to intercept the ball. Um, it's not very good at Pong, but it's good enough that it doesn't seem random. Like it's definitely making an effort to catch the ball. It's just not particularly good at it. And there's a little bit of a debate there about whether or not this brain is sentient. Of course, Dr. Kagan says, yes, it's sentient. Other scientists are saying it's not really thinking. It doesn't know it's playing Pong. This is just a reaction, a response. It's something involuntary. I don't know if that means the singularity is coming or what. If we can grow brains in labs, if we can grow whole people in labs. But I'll tell you what, the next generation of beta testers will be coming from uh, Dr. Brett Kagan of Coracle Labs. One more story that I wanted to talk about tonight is the, the new Mario movie. Now, people are big mad about the Mario movie. Big mad. And uh, I kind of want to ask everybody out there to just, just, just take, a, take a second. Take a second. Take a second. Think about who this movie is for, right? It's not for us. It's for our kids. And they're going to love it. They don't care. Now, I would have loved to see Charles Martinet voice Mario, because that is the voice of Mario. And it's a shame that uh, Jared couldn't be here to his Mario impersonation. And then that trailer. There's, there's only like a second of Mario speaking, but it just sounds like Chris Pratt. It, it doesn't sound like 
Mario or any any character. It just sounds like him doing his own voice. It's not even I don't get it. Like Mario has that distinctive voice. It's a me, Mario. Not it's me, Mario. It's uh Tara Strong even, um uh, who is a, a very successful voice actress in her own right. She's done cartoons, she's done video games. She was Harley Quinn in the Arkham series. She voiced Riku in the uh, you know, Western version of Final Fantasy X. She's voiced Raven, Batgirl, and tons more characters. She was in the Powerpuff Girls. Very prolific voice actress. Tweeted, it should have been Charles. And I couldn't agree more. It really should have been him. He's the iconic voice of Mario. But again, take a breath, take a step back movie's not for us it's for it's for our kids and they don't care they're gonna love it anyway they don't care that he looks like fix it felix they're probably gonna like that he looks like fix it felix wow tripped over my tongue on that one and uh i mean we had captain lou albano of mario that man looks nothing like mario i mean he did have kind of the brooklyn accents that kind of passed like hey it's me mario forget about it but uh and then we had who even bob hoskins Right, Bob Hos. Oh, hot mic. We got a hot mic here. Bob Hoskins in the movie, and that was nonsense in in every way. Uh, yeah, and and you know what? We liked it. You know, we didn't care. So, I guess the Hollywood movie. They wanted a Hollywood actor to do the voice. Apparently, Charles Martinet does have some role in the movie. Uh, speculation: maybe he's Wario or Waluigi, as he has voiced them in the games in the past. I have a feeling it's going to be more of like a breadcrumb of some kind. I shouldn't even say a breadcrumb, a crumb. It's going to be a crumb. They're going to throw him something, but it's going to be like one or two lines. That's what I think. But let us know, man. Go ahead and, and hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on uh, Facebook. The social links are in the uh, show notes and all that. And yeah, I don't know. Tell us what you think. Are you mad? Are you really mad? Chris Pratt, actually, a lot of people are mad at Chris Pratt because he's like part of this this uh, church, I guess, that is like super evangelical and kind of weird, but I don't know that much about it. I mean, he seems like a nice guy. I'm not, I'm not mad at him. He goes to a weird church. What are you going to do about it? As long as the guy is not like coming up to me and like telling me I got to repent or some nonsense, then, then, then we're, when we're chill, we're cool. <laughs> I've never, I've never known him to like say anything, you know, nasty or hateful toward people. He seems like he's, you know, kind of an all right guy. But anyway, that's all besides the point. Point is, it's a me, Mario, or something. Anyway. <laughs> so we got about 15 minutes of, uh, of of chat here, and I hope you're not getting too bored of hearing my voice. Obviously, this whole thing is much more entertaining with a second voice to kind of chime in, uh, you know, maybe throw a joke at me once in a while or disagree with one of my opinions so we can have a little bit of a debate, but... It's just me here talking by myself, and I'm kind of impressed I've managed to keep going for this long. So just to kind of wrap things up, um, as far as what I've been playing lately, and of course, I would love to hear what you guys have been playing lately also, so hit us up on our social media, let us know. But uh, I've been playing Tales of Arise, and I mentioned briefly Tales games before. <sighs> Man, what a game this is. I absolutely love it. I can't get enough. In fact, I am late to start recording this tonight because... I was too busy playing Tales of Arise. What a game. Absolutely tremendous. Incredible. Just incredible. Um, action-packed action RPG. Lots of cool powers and abilities that seem complicated at first, but once you get the hang of it, it's excellent. And um, 
course, you know, you can cook food for buffs, just like in the other Tales games. You have the very fast-paced fighting and exploring. The only thing that really drags it down is that there's so much exposition. And I mean, I've written stories before, and I'm a, I'm a reader, and I'm a story lover. But man, the amount of exposition... I used to... I was told when I tried to write a few stories that I was... Um, doing using using too much exposition. This puts me to shame. I, I was playing tonight. About the first hour of that playtime was literally story sequences with no actual gameplay, apart from moving from you know one NPC to another. It was brutal. Um, but that's towards the end of the game, and it was necessary because that's how they explain what the heck this storyline and this plot is all about. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers away if you haven't played it, but long story short, um, it's a lot. And when you finally kind of learn what's actually going on, it, it's a little bit mind-blowing, but it's also kind of what I suspected all along. So, yeah. But yeah, if you like RPGs, action RPGs in particular, and JRPGs, uh, the shrinking niche I talked about earlier, niche being the word of the day, everyone when you hear it, scream real loud, uh, it's awesome. It's just a great game, tremendous, and I recommend it to anybody who likes those things and hasn't played it yet. Of course, many of you know that I also have a YouTube channel, and if you didn't know that, then now you do. And that YouTube channel is Risky Bitness, which can be found on YouTube at youtube.com slash riskybitness81. And the next video that I'm working on for that channel is a game called Exac. The Art of the Visual Stage, which was a uh, Super Famicom Japan-only release that I found out was actually a port of a uh, of an old PC-88, PC-98 game. Um, also was on MSX and a few other machines there, PC Engine. And uh, it's, a, it's a cool game. It's a e very Ease-inspired game. If you played, like, you know, Wanderers from Ease, not even Wanderers from Ease, but, like, Ease 4, 5, and so on. Um, and, like, Ease 1 and 2. This is very much like those games. Uh, you know, a little guy walking around, fighting monsters, and uh, going on an adventure, but has a few unique elements and was highly praised by Famitsu and other publications for being ahead of its time in many ways. Um, and then, of course, the Super Famicom port came out, and uh, there, there's some interesting things about that Super Famicom port, I'll just tell you that. So that's going to be a fun video to make, and I hope that, uh, I hope that, that fills a space that some people might be looking for who have not got enough information about this game and would like to know more. And that's all I have for tonight. Again, this was just, like I said, a quick one because I wanted to let you guys know we're still here. We're still working on things. Uh, I got everything squared away on my end, thank goodness, but uh, Jared is still working out his technical issues. You know, he's all better, by the way, as far as the health stuff. I mean, you know, uh, you know, he's, he's fine, but... Uh, Take care of yourself, guy. Take a bit. Tripping over my tongue again. Take care of yourselves out there. Sives, thanks. Take care of yourselves out there. You know, we don't want anyone having any health problems. I got my own health issues, too. I think we all do. Uh, most people, probably. But take care of yourselves. You know, take your medicine. <laughs> if you have medicine, you got to take. Go to the doctor if you don't feel good. You know, if you're supposed to be checking... I don't know, cholesterol or blood pressure or blood sugar or any of those things, check them. You know how it is. 
And so that's it for tonight. I want to thank everybody who did listen to the uh, podcast. I apologize that it was a real short one tonight. Uh, like I said, I didn't really have a plan going in. I just wanted to talk about a few things that I found interesting and let you guys know the status of the show. As far as the next episode, uh, you know, I'm not sure when we're going to have that come out. Jared and I were discussing a Castlevania retrospective as our next topic, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. And of course, I want to wait until Jared has sorted out his technical issues before we go ahead and uh, take a crack at that one. So thank you once again for listening to the Console Kingdom podcast. I am your host, Dan. Check us out on our socials. Make sure that you subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Leave us a comment or a review. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and game on. <laughs>